turn to John's Gospel in the 13th chapter, and we pick up in the middle of a conversation Jesus is having with his disciples, in which he tells them this. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I've said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. In gathering together, O God, we ask one thing and one thing only. That you speak to us in such a way that we may hear. That you lift us up in such a way that we may notice. That you send us back out into the world in such a way that we may have hope. Bless this time with your word that it rests upon our hearts, wraps itself around us, and changes us. Speak, O God, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. How do you handle those times in your life when you are waiting for something to happen that you know is going to happen. How do, you, how do you handle that? Whether it's something you're really excited about happening or something you're absolutely dreading, how do you tend to handle those times? Like when you're maybe in between jobs and you don't know if you're going to get in. Or when the last day of school is right around the corner. That one I always remember. The last day of school. Those days leading up to it and the months before, I mean, they just start to drag on and on. It feels like God is playing a cruel joke by changing the physics of time and making you wait that much more. I mean, it's that kind of... I remember sitting there in that final week, vacillating back and forth between my my worry about this test I'm about to take and then being bored to tears because I finished the test early and there's still an hour left in that class alone, let alone the whole day. I would look at the clock and could be swear that the hands were moving backwards, not forwards. And I ask myself, you know, in that place, you've been in that place, to say, is this ever going to end? What if it doesn't? What if I'm stuck here forever? 
course, you know, it's what you often feel like sometimes when you're stuck in those times, between times. The bell would ring, of course, it always does, and we would run out of school looking like we'd just been released from solitary confinement. <laughs> Off we'd go. But some of us were not all that excited. And then there were those years, right, that that you weren't all that excited about the end of school. Maybe because all your friends were going to be gone for the summer and you didn't know what you were going to do except, you know, pick your nose, stare at the wall. I mean, that sounds like not fun at all. And you just, maybe you weren't looking for, I remember those years where you just may not be looking forward to that last day. You know, you don't, you don't want it to come. You liked learning. You didn't want to in school, or whatever reason. Some of us didn't want it to come. And, and that's what can happen in those times between times. I feel like that's what's going on in the reading today with the disciples. They're like those kids who don't want that day to come, don't want school to end. I'm going away, Jesus says, going away. It's not the first time he's said it. He's been saying it for a while. They've been listening to him say it for at least a couple of chapters. I mean, then they're getting tired of hearing it. It starts off, in fact, scholars will tell you this reading we just read is part of a much larger pericope, as they call it, or a section called the Farewell Discourse. Starts in chapter 13 with Jesus washing their feet. Goes all the way through for five chapters, end of chapter 17, where he... He prays for their well-being in this long prayer. And we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of this conversation they are having back and forth between one another when Jesus starts talking about, well, I'm leaving. I'm going away. I've hired two men in a truck. They're coming and we're moving in the week, you know, or whatever. They're ner- and it's getting them nervous. They're starting to get, because they don't want that day to come. And so they start asking all kinds of questions about it. Peter kicks it off. He says, where are you going? To which Jesus, almost a verse later, replies by saying, well, my father's house has many rooms, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, and you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas chimes in and says, how in the world can we know the way? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I have no idea what you're talking about. A little bit later, Philip gets in his two cents, and he says, well, if you're talking about going away, then why don't you tell us a little more about God? Why don't you be a little more clear about God for us? That would help us out. That would, that would satisfy us. After which Judas says, and why are you only telling us? Why are you, aren't you telling others? They're asking all these questions. They're nervous. They're worried. I can see them whisper to, whispering to themselves, is this day going to actually come? Is it going to be up to us? What are we going to do? It's no wonder that Jesus has to console them like he does in our reading and in the wider reading of these, this part of John. He says things like, I give you my peace. I'm not going to leave you orphaned. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. They're worried. They need reassuring. Don't we all need to be reassured when we're living in those moments where we're living between a time, between times? The truth is, of course, that we're always 
living like that. Life itself is a time between times, whether it's the time between now and the last day of school, the time between the last day of school and whatever's going to come next, especially if you graduate from high school or college and you're off into a brand new and you're worried, you don't necessarily want it to come, but you're excited and you're in this time between times. Life is lived time between the time you're born and the time you die, or between the time in which the world looks as it does right now and the time we hope for in what it might become. Life is a time between times and the challenge is to be able to trust God in the midst of that. And that's not as easy as it sounds. How much do you trust that God actually has a handle on this world, actually has a hold on this world? How much? If it were 100%, if you could completely trust that God fully has a hold of this world, then why do you fear in the first? What do you have to worry about, right? And yet we do worry. We do get afraid. We worry about the world. There's a lot to worry about. We get nervous about life because there's a lot to be nervous about. We struggle living in this time between times just like our disciples do in our reading today. I'm going away, Jesus says, but don't worry. God's got all the rest. Isn't that what faith asks us to do? calls us, in fact, to live as fully as we can in the present, believing that God's got all the rest. Sounds great, but we're not all that good at it. Some of us are better than others. It reminds me of a young lady I knew in high school named Betsy who tragically died a couple of years ago. I actually met her in seventh grade. And like just about every boy in school, I had a crush on her, you know, as, as crushes go at seventh grade, you know, oh, pretty girl, ooh. you know, that's about, as, that's about all you got in seventh grade. <laughs> and, and, but I knew her all the way through high school and she just, she was one of those people that everyone liked. And she liked everyone. I don't know that there was anyone she didn't have something positive to say about. One of those people. Both beautiful and aggravating all at the same time, right? She just never knew a stranger. And just had a positive kind of feel, you know. And after high school, like many of my high school friends at the time lost touch. You know, I wasn't like close friends with her, but knew her and then lost touch like you do with most of them. And, and then years later, the beauty of social media, which one of the real greats about social media, right, pops up and all of a sudden I make all these connections with high school people that I would otherwise never know where they were, what they were doing, and she was one of them. Turns out that Betsy had become a bartender in California and she made it her life. It's not one of those jobs that you're in this job in order to do something else. You're in this job in order to, 
to step up to something else later or anything like that. No, that's what she did. And she owned it fully and completely. She, she had clearly steeped herself in the lives of people, which is what that job does. I often think that that might be one of the close, closest things to being a carpenter back in Jesus' day. Martin, fully steeped in peace. Carpenter would do wood, but they'd be steeped in people around, you know, needing work. And so she did that, and, and she would post on Facebook this post that she called Stories from the Street. Stories from the Street. And in it, she would post different snapshots of the people that came through her work, that came across that she crossed with in her work. Or a conversation she heard outside her window or the place she lived, evidently, a lot of nightlife around it. She'd share conversations that she heard passing by. And, you know, like one of them would be a young couple came in and they just got married and their dreams, they're full of dreams and the world was full of possibilities for them, just full. And she'd share this in her stories from the street and she'd end it by saying, carry on, young couple, carry on, Right? And then another one would be some professional or something that came into the place and, and would sit down and was just done, just finished, fed up with the world. Things were not turning out the way they thought they would. And, just, and she'd share that, not the name, but the person and the story. It was a story from the street. And she concluded by saying, carry on, young professional, carry on. College kids would come in and come up with all these crazy ideas for how they're going to wreak havoc on the neighborhood around them, you know, or in that place, and you'd read that and go, oh, my Lord, this world is coming to it. And she'd share that, and she'd say, carry on, young gents. <laughs> carry on. You'd read these stories from the street, and you felt like you are being let in on a little secret. I think what captivated me most was she had this way that seemed like she was willing to accept the world the way it is, warts and all, and to love it anyway, to love it anyway. I'd read those stories from the street, and it would calm me down, it would relax me would remind me that there are actually people out there who are trying their best to live in these, this time between times, trusting that God's got all the rest. You know what it takes to do that? It takes faith. Faith. To live in this Time between times to receive the world with all its warts and love it anyway, to wrap our arms around every single thing we can get our hands on takes an act of faith. I'd read those stories she posts and I'd find myself saying, I want to try and live a little more like that. Jesus bids farewell to his disciples. And he has to console them. Peace I leave with you, he says. My peace I give you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. 
because after that, we know that they struggle with it. We know the story. They do struggle with it. They worry. They're confused. They're afraid. As the events of the cross unfold, we know that they go all over. They're all over the map. They deny him. They question him. They doubt him. They, they run away. They betray him. None of us is really all that good at living in the time between times. And yet, faith, faith challenges us to do that very thing. To take this world as it is, warts and all, and love it anyway. To wrap our arms around every single thing we can get our hands on trusting that God's got all the rest. That's what faith is, faith is about. So there's, there's really just one more thing to say. Carry on, faithful people. Carry on.